to an all-new Speaks Louder Words. I am Dave Reed, And I'm Elliot Childs. So some of our regular listeners will realise that there's been a bit of a pause in the production lately. But don't be alarmed. This is only because we've been busy revamping the podcast. You may have heard our brand new intro just before. We've been working on expanding Speaks Louder Words so you can find out more about the artists we work with and what goes into their music. So now along with our Facebook and Twitter, you can also go to our brand new Tumblr at speakslanderwords.tumblr.com. On there, we'll be reposting interviews from other sites and podcasts, as well as videos, photos, and exclusive playlists. You'll also be able to read our new written series, Spoke Louder Than Words, where we look back on some of the highlights from the Warner Chapel catalogue. So that's speakslanderwords.tumblr.com. And don't forget to visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash warnerchapeluk and on our Twitter at warner underscore chapel. So, on with the show. This episode, we talk to Hannah Yaddy about what goes into creating her eclectic mix of pop, electronica and African music, and some of the stories behind songs like The Blow. Hannah recently featured on Branko's new single, Control, and has also just finished a string of live dates across Europe. As you're here, she's in the process of making an album, and has been writing with a whole range of people. Anyway, that's enough from us. Here's our conversation with Hannah. (laughs) Well, we we set it all up, and then I had to go on holiday. I say have to. Yeah. Had holiday arranged. One never has to go on holiday. No, that's true. But anyway. It's enjoyable. You've just got back from tour, haven't you? I have, yes. How was that? Yeah, it was hectic. (laughs) It was crazy. Yeah, Yeah, it was really fun. Um, So I was touring all around Europe with a DJ called Branco, who's from a band, um, Baracas on Sistema. They're a Portuguese band. They kind of do, well, they, they kind of explore dance music from all around the world, particularly Africa and South America, and they kind of um, coined like Kaduro music, which is this like really upbeat uh, kind of, yeah, Afri- African and um, Brazilian inspired dance music. And awesome. they're great. I've been working with them for a couple of years and I've featured on a song that comes out on their album. Well, it's out now, actually. just came out. Um, so Branco and I did a tune called Control together. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we went and toured it around Europe. Awesome. Started in Lisbon, their home city. And then, yeah, kind of hopped around Europe, which was quite wow. nice. Yeah, That's sure it was. Awesome. Yeah, it was good. We were kind of playing club nights. So it was like the, we were on stage at about two, three every night. Cool. So it was like being a DJ for a couple of months. <laughs> Late yeah. nights and yeah. uh, late, late nights. mornings. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But we had to get up and then fly to the next destination. So, yeah, we didn't sleep very much. <laughs> no. Do you do a lot of DJing at all? Um, I've just started to DJ a little bit. But oh, this particular setup was him DJing and I was singing. And he was kind of... we. He did like a DJ set and I started it off with a couple of tunes. Um, so he'd, yeah, introduce me and... and I'd like sing a couple of tunes and then he'd DJ a little bit longer and then I'd go back and play a couple more and then what tended to happen was I'd just sort of carry on emceeing for the rest of the night and yeah, we just kind of kept jumping on and off stage and Awesome. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was like nothing I'd ever done before, so it was good. Cool. Yeah. So did you have like stuff prepared for each night or was this like a Kind of. <laughs> we we started out with a really clear set up and right. then it became it just became really fun to mix it up 
uh, depending on different nights and and we just kind of fed off the crowd which I love doing anyway it's kind of how I like to perform and he's used to doing that as well so and because cool. he's a DJ it was like a really mobile setup and he could just change anything just he be wanted more spontaneous yeah, exactly yeah we just kind of bounce off stage and just like whisper something in his ear like let's do this now and he'd be like cool and we just change it change the setup awesome. mid-set and I had a little kind of vocal effects box and I was playing around with that at the same time so oh wow yeah, that sounds like pretty spontaneous like <laughs> yeah are you going to be doing any more of that or is um, there might be a couple of festivals later on in the summer but awesome yeah so you mentioned all of the the different influences that uh, Branco's band have like all the African and the Portuguese and Brazilian music mm-hmm. we in preparation for this interview we've been <laughs> going over like all of your tracks and all the stuff that we've got and, and listening yeah. to everything and there is a real kind of eclectic mix of influences in your stuff yeah like where does all that come from <laughs> yeah, well, how, <laughs> well, well which ones in particular well I'll tell you what why don't we tickle your fancy why don't we start off with just kind of asking you to describe your music yeah. a little bit because I was trying to describe it to myself basically <laughs> earlier just kind of figure out how I could describe this to other people and I was drawing kind of a blank because there's pop and there's urban and there's world music and there's Afrobeat in there and there's electronica and it's I would say it's all pop really yeah I, I don't know like for me melody is really important and I think that the melodies are usually they're all catchy and mm. well I don't know if you agree with that but oh definitely um thanks <laughs> but yeah I kind of I grew up listening to loads of pop music and you know we all grew up listening to our parents' music mm. musical collection and I grew up listening to a lot of rock and pop and but there was also like a lot of prog rock that crept in there and like early David Bowie and um like yes and all sorts and then there was like Motown and jazz and then my dad would like listen to this weird psychedelia and uh, like gong and just gong. like really crazy stuff and I just grew up listening to everything and I guess that my poor music has come out like being influenced by all of those things and that's kind of why I write music because I I I like a lot of different things and I have a lot of different ideas and I kind of have to get them out of my head lest it explode and so cool. I, yeah they all kind of creep in there some way that's the that's the easiest way to describe it. I'm always people. People are kind of obsessed with you defining your music, and mm. I just I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just okay. I kind of <laughs> no, that, that's, no, that's fine. I let you know let people listen to it, and if they like it, they like it. Yeah, and well, why, uh, why should you have to put labels on stuff? Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, there's like there's definitely a theme running through it all. It's Joao cool well Branco calls it perky pop because like <laughs> percussive pop. And yeah, there's there's always like, it's always very rhythm led. Um, yeah. I used to always start start a song with the beat, and then build it up from there. Um, it would be like I'd I'd get a rhythm that I could dance to and that I kind of like the feel of, and then I'd build the chords around that, and then build the melodies up at the same time. Sometimes I'd even do melodies pre chords, so I just kind of sing along to drums to give it that kind of chanty feel. That's how I wrote guillotine, and then the piano kind of chords came in around that, and um, and then I'd fit lyrics to uh, the melodies afterwards. More recently, I've been writing for other artists a little bit as well, and mm. so I've started 
I tend to start with a concept with a with a title even and then almost a couple of lines of prose like as a sort of chorus idea and then I'll build the chords around that and then and then put the beat in afterwards I don't know why I've started doing that recently I guess I'm just experimenting a lot with my songwriting okay. and it's you have a bit more freedom when you're writing for other people cool. in the sense that you're kind of well it's, it's more freedom but you you it can also be like you're more restrictive because you're given more of a brief but uh, I think that freedom in terms of the emotion that goes into it you can kind of detach yourself from those emotions a little bit so you can be a little bit more conceptual with the yeah. with the lyrical ideas and things doesn't necessarily have to draw from your own experience yes. it can be well that usually does well who am i trying to kid yeah yeah does it all come from the same place then all drawn from the same well as it were? <laughs> yeah yeah so what what kind of influences you in that respect then in in terms of lyrics lyrically for just kind of I guess anything that's going on in my life that that you needs some sort of creative release. How can I put it? <laughs> I don't know. Some sort of working through. Just kind yeah, of. it's usually the way I work through things. Anything that's going on in my life, love, loss. There's, there was a bit of tragedy quite a few years ago that I've written about a lot, mm-hmm. um, and then also just kind of meeting meeting new people and. Uh, as I don't know about you, but like the world we live in now, I just meet so many new people every day, and I, I kind of, I I love observing humans and their relationships with each other, and I'm I, I kind of just sit there and watch people quite a lot, and <laughs> and and just like like I don't know, I'll, I'm the kind of person that will just talk to strangers the whole time, and I'd kind of like being by myself quite a lot so you can just because you never know what situation you'll fall into if you're just mm. kind of wandering by yourself and like travel by myself quite a lot and you just kind of pick up stories from people and turn, often turn them into songs little do they know it but. <laughs> that's a really nice idea I like it yeah. Yeah. having yeah. music as a way to kind of process the world around you yeah. and just understand it a bit better yeah try at least or thought yeah <laughs> well going going back to the the rhythm side of, of your music we were talking about songs like Creatures and mm-hmm. um, there's just a really kind of unusual rhythm to that. Yeah. It's not... For, for lack of a better way of putting it, it's not kind of like a standard pop music beat or rhythm. I guess or not. See, I guess I think it is. I just think everything is kind of... It just all know. sounds... It definitely struck struck us didn't it when we were listening to it we were well, like yeah. wow this is and then we could hear the, a quite con- a consistent thing across the other songs as well that they're all obscure <laughs> well, no, it's, it's not similar throughout each song but there is a definite kind of tangent in that it's an unusual yeah. feel it, you never sit down and listen to one of your songs and think oh that's I've, I've heard that oh. backing track somewhere else before surely oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, true. It, there's, there's always that kind of individual and it's very much your stamp on it. Yeah, that's I it. Guess. Yeah. Cool. Even oh, on the, um, even on control. Yeah. That, yeah. So how? So let's talk about control because that's obviously something you've written with with Branko. Yeah. So how did that work? Because there is definitely your stamp on it. But did you go in and he'd had a whole load of um, ideas? We wrote or? that from scratch together, actually. But he really? he tends to have a load of beats kind of floating about and there's this guy Bert on Beats who is also um, featured on the track mm. and I think the yeah there was like a little loop that he'd sent um, and 
then Joao and I kind of turned it into a song structure and added in some some little synth parts and things and then I just did my thing in the booth and and came up with the melody and the lyrics and yeah I was I, I kind of picked it out because Joao had a lot of beats and that one really stood out to me um, and I guess I am drawn to, towards kind of slightly oriental sounding uh, there's a real Asian feel to that yeah to that one in particular yeah. but also it's kind of Arab in a way it's just basically like folk kind of uh, yeah like a little it was like a little folk lick in there isn't it and it's just something sort of ancient sounding about it and I'm Mm. definitely drawn to a lot of kind of folk music but then there's also the North North African rhythms that I've grown up listening to a lot because my father's Algerian so I guess that's where that comes from it feels like you guys are heading towards that and it, I suppose it is a very natural thing that I've just always always been inspired by and North African rhythms are quite weird insofar as whenever I've played them to friends um, over here that they're, they're always like I think they're a little bit off they're kind of they're different to anything else there's a definite swing to yeah. certain types of Af- like um, bands like Tanaru one yeah and love those that, guys yeah that. well that's the same that's the same route it's all has its roots in Malian music mm. Um, like Malian desert blues and that's incredible. that kind of found its way up through the Sahara desert mm. in into into Algeria so that's it's all the same kind of similar kind of feels I mean there's lots of different types of music within that there's like the Tuaregs and Gnawa and shabby music is more traditional but um I love kind of Gnawa rhythms and those rootsy blues kind of vibes and you know I can't play them myself I can't play um, the gimbari or anything like that but I've got friends who can and I've grown up listening to it a lot so I always, I'm always like really like the rhythms and I've tried collaborating with those guys and sometimes it kind of works in my music but sometimes it kind of fights it a little bit so what okay. I've done is found this like weird middle ground where it's me trying to do an interpretation of what they do and so I think that's where and yeah, kind of I, that's where I've kind of settled in the middle somewhere. Do yeah. you kind of work it through the pop and more yeah. electronica side of it? Because yeah, that, exactly. that kind of stuff that you're talking about is very roots-based. Acoustic instruments, Acoustic, yeah, drums. Totally. Yeah, like, very simple based on kind of hand claps and yeah. castanet-type percussion instruments. and Lots of layering of yeah. that kind mm. of stuff. And many, many musicians, but all very kind of simple acoustic instruments and yeah so are you kind of working it through a more electronic electronic format yeah well that's the beauty of electronic music is that you can kind of layer as much as you want up and pretend that you're an entire Mm. desert band which is (laughs) what i try to aspire to do (laughs) in every session i go into and i always start sessions with people when i'm collaborating with producers like let me play you this and they're just like what the hell is that and i'm like "No, no no work with me here like we we can definitely get this feel into a, mm. a, some sort of pop song and um and then yeah we kind of often start started a lot of my songs at the beginning with claps and percussion and and drum beats and just layered them in peculiar ways and just kind of filtered certain sounds to kind of give them a bit more of an acoustic feel i don't know just kind of played with instruments and tried to make them sound like different things Cool. I do the same with like guitars I'll try and make it sound like a synth and vice versa and just kind of try to create a 
a landscape of music that is my own mm. honey addy sound <laughs> i guess it falls somewhere between the two yeah so do you find yourself actively going out to search for new influences and new music or are you just kind of a eh, if I hear something and I like it I'll take it on board kind of thing or no, are you I'm, I'm always kind of digging through blogs for different musical inspirations cool. and there's this amazing blog called Awesome Tapes from Africa and I always go to that to we'll have to check that out yeah, yeah. I'm going to do that afterwards cool. Awesome Tapes from Africa it's really cool and there's some like absolutely bonkers stuff on there but you'll find a few gems and they're just, yeah. they just somewhere like completely differently. Put beats out there and you can like sample them? Is that um, I th there are some on there that you can that you can sample, yeah, that are out of copyright. And then there are others that you just get kind of inspired by. Mm. And then I'll just try and kind of recreate some sort of a feeling that I've heard um, in some way, like a magpie of African beats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, find inspiration in all sorts of things I often listen to classical music which couldn't be further from the kind of rhythmic uh, rhythmically you know, definitely yeah rhythmically mm. couldn't be further but there's just in terms of finding textures that can be used to you know evoke a kind of certain emotion yeah I'm just always always listening to as much music as I can really that's the way I, mm. I was brought up and so and I've definitely kept hold of that I just like being stimulated by different sounds and mm. sights and look at paintings a lot and read a lot of poetry for lyrical inspiration just wow. to kind of step inside other people's worlds mm. um, because everybody has a different way of looking at things so yeah. it's always nice to have a look at that yeah, you've yeah. got to take on new ideas and new ways of viewing the world in order to come up with your own new ideas I guess, yeah you? exactly yeah we all do that the whole time yeah so so yeah. do you come from a musical family like you mentioned your dad's record collection which sounds pretty yeah. eclectic and diverse <laughs> it's uh yeah um i think one of my earliest memories is of being in algeria at a wedding and all the women and men were separate beforehand it's this long like five day ceremony and i was just sat in a room i must have been about six or seven and all the women were playing drums and singing in a circle and yeah I, i'll never forget my moment where i had to go up and like dance in the middle of the circle and it was just the most exciting thing ever mm. and i was kind of like slightly nervous but also it was this like moment to kind of be part of the family and part of the musical celebration and I don't know I just always flash back to moments like that and yeah it's definitely ingrained in me music is a big part yeah. of our lives and yeah we all we all played instruments from a young age I played piano and so did my sister my brothers played saxophone and clarinet and drums and my little brother plays drums and and guitar really well and sings as well so yeah there was a lot of noise in our house generally brilliant yeah it's a great thing to, to grow up around, I yeah. find. Because I, I grew up in a very music-based household. and My dad had a huge record collection. And yeah. Me and my brother learned to play instruments from a young age. And I, I think, especially when you're a teenager and there's so much kind of turmoil in your world, that having music as something to kind of focus on is a, it's a very healthy thing, I think. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I guess uh, my parents' collection kind of set me set me up and then obviously you go off and find your own mm. your own influences and 
as I was kind of going to school, I remember I was just, I was always listening to Radiohead and Nirvana and Jeff Buckley and like my slightly emo phase. Yeah, I bet um, your dad loved that though. Yeah, he gave me the bends and I was always like, yeah. well, yeah, I, I loved that record, but I preferred OK Computer. And he uh, was always like, no, you don't understand. He's <laughs> like, wow, I'm having my first geek out with my dad. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's always the great thing about having a record collecting father is that you will find this band that you love and you'll go, oh, yeah, I've got all of their records. Here you yeah, go. Like, exactly. I had that with so many like weird punk bands that I discovered. My dad would have their entire back catalogue and... Yeah, but then I kind of brought a few new things into the fold as mm. well, and the, we have disagreements, and there's like some people that he didn't really rate or mm. like what 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 were one of the well not rate that's too strong, but like I don't know he's more of a Michael Jackson fan than a Prince fan, say, and I he does absolutely respect Prince as well, and like Kate Bush wasn't one of, he didn't really play me much Kate Bush, and so I discovered her by myself, which was kind of beautiful because me and Kate had some alone time so that was good um, but yeah there are just a few things that he's just like oh. stuff that wasn't really on his radar yeah um, yeah I guess so I mean on his radar but like he it wasn't his favorite so he was less passionate about it but yeah, fair enough. but they what was great about my parents is they like gave me all these options they kind of they always encouraged us to listen to lots of different music yeah I go to concerts with my dad all the time we went to see Sally Fikata a few weeks ago at the Barbican oh, wow. uh, who I'd seen a couple of times already and he just had these amazing backing dancers he was he's getting pretty old now so he was kind of sitting down and yeah. like chilling out he's still amazing but his back, backing band were, were amazing and then went to see um, Le Mystère des Voiles Bouguerre who are like a Bulgarian folk choir uh, okay. I went to see those a few years ago. <laughs> they were incredible. Actually, Kate Bush used them in a in a record oh, awesome. once upon a time, which I discovered recently. But yeah, I've seen them a couple of times, and they're just amazing. So yeah, I'm always just trying to soak up different forms of music and like yeah, get the influences into my music somehow. Awesome. And that's why it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's now weird. you know the truth. But it's, I always find it exhilarating to find pop music that's got that kind mm. of extra quirk to it. That doesn't just sound like everything. It else. could be one of <laughs> many other artists. And there's there's a, a definite stamp on your music which I, which I really enjoy. And you, I know, had some questions about the blow, didn't you? Yeah, my, that's my favorite. Oh, one, of, one of my favorite tracks since starting here at Warner Chapel. Oh, thank you really, very much. Really, honestly, yeah, I thoroughly like that. Oh, that's very yeah. kind of you. Yeah. What's the story behind The Blow? The Blow, um, well, I wrote that with a guy called Ariel Rexshade and he actually had sort of a sample and I just loved it and then I just, it was the first time I'd ever met Ariel and it was a bit like a first date and it was like right at the early days of kind of co-writing with other people and I just went in the vocal booth and I was just so nervous. I was just like, oh my God, this guy's the coolest producer and I just went in and just, like tried to be as I was really trying to be clever <laughs> like <laughs> I was trying really hard that day um, what came first what, what bit in the song came first to you when you were standing in that booth when I was standing in the booth well it was just so monotonous so my thoughts were just I've got to try and um, make this 
make this bass line and make this these drums sing I've just got to like bring it to life somehow so I really fooled around a lot with the melody and I, did, I didn't have the lyrics at that point so I just kind of sang the top line just sang all these little mad hooks and then we actually went back in the room together and chopped some of them up and made it even weirder just to kind of really <laughs> wow. make them jumps like da 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 which makes it really hard to sing live <laughs> but it's really fun like it's a really passionate song so you have to, I have to really yeah. go for it it's at the top of my range um, but yeah that's what kind of made it the melody quite intricate and then and then I had just fallen in love with somebody who was about to go off to war and so oh, wow. I was um, yeah which he then did and I was kind of very emotional about what was about to happen and Man. I've never actually told anybody that um, and so I, yeah, I was, I wrote it about imagining somebody going off to war. Um, I was imagining that he was already there. I do that quite a lot. I often like imagine things before they've happened and write a song mm. and then they end up happening afterwards. Wow. Mm. Not in a kind of psychic way, just like a no, just preemptive, a, I guess. Well, I guess if there's something that's weighing heavily on your mind, yeah. you are going mm. to yeah, hypothesize so. all the yeah. different outcomes of it's my it. way of coping with yeah. Yeah, yeah things that are happening or things that are about to happen man wow I, I, yeah it goes even deeper yeah yeah i did not know that yeah that's that's incredible yeah. thanks <laughs> so do you write a lot kind of on your own or is it mainly with other people i've started to write a lot more on my own because it's quite frustrating waiting around for opportunities to co-write and yeah. that was partly my own fault in the beginning for not having a recording set up or anything and now I've like got that sorted and right. I really enjoy sitting down and just kind of coming up with ideas by myself and also people send me tracks all the time and before I was like oh I don't like writing to track and now I I'm just used to it I'm just yeah. so are you top lining in that case? yeah just yeah. kind of top lining for tracks and yeah I found I found a new love for doing that because cool. I guess I'm just you kind of train yourself and get used to it but before I used to see it as this kind of quite dead like canvas and now I can sort of get inside it a little bit more okay. but I because because it is difficult I and I because I love writing chords and beats and you know parts to songs and that's often how my melodies arise because as as you build those blocks the melodies kind of naturally come to you around it so without that process it's just a bit cold just coming to yeah. a track that's already already there you're not part of the building so you have to kind of just imagine it as like a long line and you just jump on top of it and kind of dance about on top of it or something i don't know it's weird i'm quite visual so yeah i was, I was gonna say that's uh it's quite the metaphor for for building music <laughs> a rubbish metaphor probably but yeah i don't know it's just like it's also just more exciting to be around other human beings in a room and yeah. you naturally... Well, you can play off other people's yeah, energy. Yeah, you play off their energy and that, that's harder to create. So what I do is now I go and shut myself off in like the most, the room that I'm feeling the most in the house and just set my stuff up there, wherever that is, <laughs> whichever room I feel kind of com most comfortable in. And then I'll just light loads of candles and often play other music in the room at the same time okay. and then put my headphones on and just listen to the track with like one ear and with something else playing Wow! and then with an ambience going on and then and then it kind of comes to me 
Have you ever found yourself like subconsciously influenced by no. what you're listening to in the other No, area? no, it's usually, <laughs> a, it can be like talking or okay. a kind of classical music or uh, or like a story or something. I don't know, just kind of other noise. Some other sound. Something, yeah, really right in the background. Cool. Yeah. How do you compare writing for yourself, for Yaddy, the artist, to writing for other people which you've said you've been doing a lot more of recently um you talked about it a little bit earlier on but there's i'm sure there must be big differences between the two uh yeah i've yeah i've only been doing a little bit of it so it's just a bit more liberating really and i still draw from my own experiences but you don't feel like you have to be so accurate with them like in my own music i can obsess over the detail a bit too much because it's your story and you want to kind of convey it like accurately like what actually happened but um <laughs> this is my yeah, story this is my i will story. get it right <laughs> this is not your story no um no you just like you know you want to be true to what happened mm. whilst hopefully writing a song that is universal and other people can understand i'm not saying that my own songs are so personal that other people can't listen to them no they're sort of they're personal without being private they're accessible but yeah. Um, yeah, when you're writing for other people, you can sort of, I don't know, just like we were saying earlier, you can sort of try to see other people's perspective on things and just open it up a little bit more. And it's nice writing with other artists because they'll have their own stories to tell. And I quite enjoy the role of being like an editor almost and kind of helping somebody turn an emotion into a song. That's awesome. quite a fun process. It must be quite fulfilling yeah. as well at the end of it when someone walked out really happy with a song yeah definitely join, help them join the dots mm. and you've been writing a lot in Sweden at the moment yeah is that right yeah I have been which is ace I love Sweden yeah yeah I've never been to Sweden yeah neither have I oh, you need it's to get on a work trip to Stockholm buddy yeah podcast in Sweden that's what we need yeah, to do yeah. we should do a little tour of the podcast with go the to Warner writers. Chapel out there yeah, yeah. go to the, the office up in Sweden and yeah it's a really nice office there got a great little studio and yeah I've just been writing with a guy called Fred Okazaki who's signed to Warner Chapel mm. out there as well um, we've been doing some tunes together and yeah I, I haven't been since it's since it's been daylight so I went a lot in winter and which is really productive actually you just they just hide away in their sort of yeah. underground cavernous studios somewhere where it's warm yeah it's really warm and you just put big slippers on and big cuddly oh, like scandinavian nice. jumpers and just eat really good like meatballs the whole time i love awesome. it yeah and it, even in some of the shops in the street as it turns dark they have like little candles in their window fronts and oh, wow. things like that sounds it's just very, really yeah. romantic yeah that sounds great yeah so it's nice is there like a definite change in styles between writing with people in England and in Sweden or do you mm. find that music is the universal language and everybody speaks the same language? They're, yeah, we all speak the same <laughs> language but they've got a different accent. <laughs> There's like, they've definitely got kind of different sound scape, scopes that they go to, different sort of, um, they tend to be slightly more electronic. Mm. I don't know it's hard to describe if I played you all the stuff I've been doing in Sweden yeah you'd definitely notice like a slight difference um, but it really depends producer to producer I've worked with some guys out there who are very acoustic based hmm. and then others who are just you know have the really dope like modern sounding synths and they have all the coolest kind of um, 
samples you know at their disposal but then I think what they do have in common is a really good ear for melody and they just really get pop music strong pop music they're kind of really on it they've got a really good work ethic actually that's something they do all share in um, Sweden yeah and they just uh, and they don't tend to work too late either again it varies but a lot of the people I work with like to finish at five or six and that's it they go home and pick up the kids from school and they have right. they have their own lives it's not like in Britain where I don't know we just we never give ourselves like a chance to I don't yeah. know yeah but also we, I think we work we think we work really hard here but we don't allow ourselves enough time off and mm. so when we work we're not actually being as productive as some other people can be I don't know no, I think we've got a bit of an obsession with like I'm really busy I'm really work I'm working really really hard and actually you, it's like are you doing anything you're just fucking around in your <laughs> office yeah. you're just sat there not paying attention to exactly anything. but they seem to be really proactive and they they turn their phones off and that's it when you're writing you're writing it's cool cool somebody yeah. at the door yeah someone at the door time is up you just missed a very panicked looking face when she realised that she'd knocked on oh, the door really? doing a podcast yeah. I hope you made her feel really bad about it <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for you then or is there stuff you can't talk about? No, I tend to talk about most things. Oh. Um, it's a problem I have. Uh, no, I'm basically... That's why we asked you on the podcast. Well, she'll talk. Yeah, she'll we'll talk. Be fine. We'll get it out of her. Um, <laughs> I basically have been writing for nine months straight and I've I've got to the point where I've got like a, nearly an album's worth of material oh, together. All, all new material. Oh, wow. Um and I'm kind of going to carry on writing for the next couple of months over the summer whilst people are away getting muddy at festivals and um, and then I'll be coming back with something new around autumn time I think brilliant yeah cool That's exciting great well thank you for coming in and talking to us you're very welcome very much Thanks appreciated for me. cheers no problem bye <coughs> speaks louder that words from Warner Chapel.